You are listening to Grow a Thriving Practice Podcast. This is episode 83, The Power of Emotions in Business. My name is Jillian Faldmo, and I am the business and life coach for sound and energy medicine practitioners who want to turn their practices into aligned careers that point toward freedom, flexibility, and fulfillment. This is Grow a Thriving Practice Podcast. Well, hello. I have something very special for you today. In this episode, you are getting access to a workshop that I did in the Grow a Thriving Practice coaching program on the power of emotions in business. And this was created because emotions are something we are all quite intimate with, right? Our emotions are what led us to healing in the first place. And through our different yet similar journeys of becoming a practitioner and helping others, we've learned so much more about our emotions and what they can create. So why not leverage that emotional awareness and apply it to business? I do really think you're going to enjoy this one. And if you want the free download that goes along with this workshop, go to JillianFaldmo.com and claim your roadmap to harness your emotional awareness to grow your business. You'll see that right on the homepage at JillianFaldmo.com. You'll get a PDF of the roadmap with an additional option to get the free full 29-page booklet with written lessons and worksheets and a video of this workshop that you're about to listen to. Go to JillianFaldmo.com, fill out that form, and you'll get all of that right in your inbox. Without further ado, here we go. Today, we're going to cover understanding the role emotions play in our business. We're going to learn the process of allowing emotion, the process that has uh, worked for me and has helped me navigate Mondays on Fridays (laughs) and anxiety and fear and overwhelm. Um, We're going to learn how to create the emotions that will actually fuel action in our business. We're going to learn why choosing discomfort on purpose is a necessity. And I know we've talked a lot about that throughout this program. And then we're going to talk about creating your aligned roadmap to achieve your business goals. So before we even begin, let me find my pen here. What is an emotion just at its core? Energy in motion. Anything else? pass through you. Yep. A feeling. Yep. That's great. Hey, um, I have a vibration in your body or a waveform or a wiggle or a jiggle. It's something that wants to move. Where do emotions come from? They come from our thoughts. They come from our thinking unexpressed or un or, or repressed emotions can live within us and feel like they arise spontaneously, but oftentimes they do originate from a thought, even the like emotional patterns that are in our cells, they originated from a thought or from a belief, maybe from an ancestor or, 
you know, someone before us that we kind of inherited. We can inherit our emotions too. Now, it's really important to understand, and I'd say, you know, in this work, when I'm talking about the power of our emotions in business, we are going to be thinking about our emotions in terms of them originating from our thoughts and our beliefs. Because when we think about it from originating from our thoughts and our beliefs, it really gives us the power to change those thoughts and those beliefs instead of succumbing to them and, and being like kind of victims of a pattern or an inherited um, program, right? So why are emotions important in business? So our emotions drive our actions. They're the reason we do or we don't do anything, right? And not only do we also make decisions based on how we think we'll feel. We, we actually act because we think it's going to get us a certain result and that result is going to make us feel better. So we have the model CTFAR. We have our circumstances. Oops, this is a T. Our thoughts, feelings, actions, and results. So our feeling, this is our emotion here. Our feeling, our emotions are what drive our actions that create our results. But many of us think that when we have the result, then we'll feel a certain way, right? But it's not C-T-A-R-F. So we have to feel the feeling we want to have in order to get the result that we want. But our, our feelings, our emotions are messengers and they really direct us into you know, why we want to attain anything, why we want to set a goal. Why do we want a growing, uh, a practice in the first place, right? Because we think it's going to, we're going to feel that freedom and that, um, that passion each and every day, which we can absolutely do that. But it comes to feeling it first, generating the emotion first to have the practice. Um, our emotions also direct us away from discomfort, right? I don't want to feel that. I don't want to um, endure, uh, I don't want to endure discomfort, right? And that's totally natural because we have the motivational triad. As humans, you may remember me talking about this before, but the way that our brains work is... We want to avoid pain, seek pleasure with the least amount of effort, so save energy. So our emotions are always, in a sense, indicating to us where this, where this is at play, right? Our emotions are like, oh, no, I don't want to move toward that that's pain, or that's not pleasure, or that's too much work, right? That's that um, sort of natural primitive tendency of our brains to do that. What we want to do is we want to override that most times, sometimes no, sometimes we're like, fine, just being okay on the couch and laying down and taking a nap and not, you know, doing the things that are going to create comfort, discomfort. But when it comes to reaching our goals, we want to override this and, um, and do the thing that's going to 
maybe be uncomfortable so that we can get to that long-term pleasure. As humans, we tend to like, from an unconscious place, we tend to avoid discomfort so much that we go towards the end, other end of that pendulum and we seek over pleasure. We seek that like over comfort, right? And so that's why many of us may emotionally eat or we scroll on social media or we procrastinate. Um, and when we do that, that can limit our potential in our business. Um, and, and instead we end up playing small and hiding um, and not you know, putting ourselves out there and winning. So I wanna introduce you to a concept. You may have heard it from me before, um, but this concept really helped me to understand that building a business and growing a practice is not supposed to be happy and comfortable and pleasurable all of the time. And when I really understood that, I was more willing to feel and process that discomfort and move through it rather than avoid it. So that concept is life is 50-50. And this was introduced to me by master coach instructor, Brooke Castillo. She's also the um, founder of the Life Coach School where I got my Life Coach certification. And it, I'm telling just this, <laughs> it's worth everything I paid to go to through that certification course. Life is 50-50. So this isn't something that's like absolutely true. It's not proven, but it's an idea that has really benefited me. And so I'm sharing it with you today. So this is the idea that 50% of the time we're going to experience discomfort in our lives. And 50% of the time we will experience comfort in our lives. And same goes for business. So business is 50-50 50% discomfort, 50% comfort. I also learned this was also monumental and life-changing in my relationship as well. Like 50% of the relationship is going to be hard and 50% of the relationship is going to be easy. I just started applying this to like every aspect of my life. And it, it helped me be so much more accepting of the difficulty and the hard and more appreciative of the, um, the easy and the flow of it. Um, and I think when we're in acceptance, you know, we're much more easily able to move through life, right? Whereas when we're in resistance of what is, that's when we can really start to feel stuck. So when we reject discomfort, when we resist discomfort, that uncomfortable half turns into a net negative response. So it's no longer, you know, this nice little contrast, right? When we start to reject this portion, what ends up happening, we think we want more of this, but when, what we're actually creating is more of the discomfort. And I'm going to give you an example, a few examples of this. So I have a simple story of this. When, I first, when this first really hit me, when I first got coached on my own rejection of disappointment, it's, it's a little silly, but it was about a muffin. <laughs> okay. So 
I was, uh, I started a new eating protocol. I, went, I had a goal to lose some weight and I went to a school event, you know, for, it was at, at the elementary school and they had muffins and it wasn't on my protocol to eat the muffin, but I went and I didn't want to feel disappointed. So I ate the muffin. I felt really bad about it. I felt bad that I ate. I was like, why did I do that? I like, is I'm, I made this protocol to reach my goal and I didn't keep my word to myself. So I brought it to a coaching call with Brooke Castillo and she was like, she just flat out told me, she was like, okay, I want you to pay attention to something. You were trying to avoid discomfort, trying to avoid disappointment. What are you feeling now? And I was like, disappointment. <laughs> She's like, yeah. So it doesn't really work to try and avoid it because we end up feeling it anyway. Of course, it's always a choice. I could have chosen not to feel disappointed, but the fact of the matter was that I was feeling it. And so I ended up creating a net negative for myself. Now, in terms of business, some of the, the emotions that we can avoid are rejection, right? We want to avoid rejection. So we don't put our, um, put the post out there, or we don't make an offer. Um, and what that ultimately creates is a rejection of ourself and our offer. We end up feeling rejected anyway. It's like we, the exact thing, the exact emotion that we're trying to avoid, we end up experiencing it anyway. Same with isolation. When we're fearing isolation or we're avoiding isolation, we end up, you know, kind, same kind of thing. Like maybe we don't go to that networking event that we wanted to go to because we're afraid we're going to be too different or something. And we don't want to feel isolated. But what ends up happening is that we create that experience ahead of time by not going. We isolate ourselves from the, the clients who potentially want or need our help, right? And from our own community. Same thing with failure, avoiding failure. We end up failing ahead of time because we're not taking the steps and, and using the strategy that we create for ourselves to reach our goals. So I want to say this again, building your business is not supposed to be a happy and pleasurable process all of the time. Okay. If you think of certain emotions like fear, anxiety, rejection, disappointment, isolation, self-doubt as the way to your practice goals as like part of that journey. And there's a fun little image in the book. Actually, maybe I'll pull it up here. That illustrates this. Is this the right copy? I have that pulled up. Hang on one second. Here it is. I'm going to share. So if you thought of uncomfortable emotions as the way to building your business, imagine what you could accomplish. Like how would that change your experience? When we process the negative, right? Or when we process the discomfort, we're, we're then, we're in it less. It's not like staying with us as much, right? And we're more open to experiencing and processing 
the more comfortable emotion too, which some of us can have a tendency to want to avoid as well. Like when things get, you might've had this feeling like things are going so great right now. Like when's the next shoe going to drop? Right. And we, we make like our brain makes sure like, whoa, we're not going to go there because the risk of failure is still there. Right. So I think when we get good at processing any emotion, that full range of human emotions becomes more available to us. And I know we try not to use, I really want to say, because I have it on there, <laughs> negative and positive, but it's just really to demonstrate the contrast. Um, but I like the terms comfortable and uncomfortable, pleasurable, not pleasurable versus positive and negative, because it's our, um, it's our judgment of them that can lead to the rejection of them as well. So before we talk about the process of allowing emotion, I want to um, show you some ways that we engage with emotion or not. So there's four ways that I can see right now that we engage with emotion as a human. Um, we can resist emotion. We can uh, react to emotion. We can avoid. And we can allow. Okay, so resisting emotion. Eileen uh, Mikusik talks about this a lot of uh, the stuff and blow method, right? Where we feel an emotion and we resist it, we stuff it, stuff it, stuff it. And then eventually we blow, right? Oftentimes at the wrong person, the wrong time, it just kind of comes all out inappropriately and awful, <laughs> right? And this is because resisting an emotion is like holding a beach ball underwater, you have the will and the strength to hold it, but only for some for so long till eventually, you know, you give up and just all comes out. Right. So this is an ideal way to is not an ideal way to um, engage with emotion, but we're often taught this way because if you know you're anything like me when you grew up, you heard messages of like good girls shouldn't get angry. Would big boys shouldn't cry, um, right? So we weren't really taught to properly um, engage with our emotions. Same with reacting to an emotion. This is like what children do to the, with their emotions. They yell, slam doors. Um, complaining can be a, a reaction to an emotion. It's like kind of this not utilizing that emotion properly not fully listening to others. Maybe we get defensive uh, and we get caught up in the drama of the emotion. Avoiding an emotion, we sense the emotion come up and we seek to escape it. And that can look like overeating, over drinking, overworking, overspending, over, 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 um, procrastinating, right? And so these don't serve our business goals, um, but they are habits of practice. Right. And so when these, when we notice that we're doing these things, and I think this is really important um, work that we do is when, when we are engaging with an emotion, just noticing how am I engaging with this? 
am I resisting it? Am I reacting to it? Am I avoiding it? Or am I allowing it? We can always get into this space of allowing emotion. Um, we do this with allowing emotions. This is what we do with our clients, right? We um, hold space. We engage with our clients who are experiencing emotion with compassion and curiosity and understanding. And when we get practice at doing this with ourselves and very well versed at it, we actually will get a lot better at it with our clients. Even if we're good right now, like we can be even more skilled with it because we have that intimate practice with it. Um, when we realize there's nothing to be afraid of with emotion, instead of instead of just succumbing to them and being victims of our emotion, kind of get caught in this like spin cycle, which I used to do a lot, we can actually be in the driver's seat and choose intentionally how we respond to them. When we're in an emotion, it can feel like we're in it forever, right? It can feel like this is never going to end, but we know that emotions are truly just waveforms. They rise, they peak, they crest, and then they fall away. And so this process of allowing emotion is going to just let that expression be very natural. And instead of getting like caught in it and stuck and building charge, right? When, when our emotions get stuck, when they start building charge, that can really end up, as we know, in disease or illness um, and just, you know, unhealthy behavior patterns. So here's the process for allowing emotion. There's three steps. First, we're going to describe the vibration of the emotion in great detail. When we sense an emotion coming up and, and some of us are better at this than others. Some of us, we're not like, we're not quite turned on to our emotional body as much, but it is possible to look at um, and to identify like, okay, I'm, I'm engaging in this behavior pattern right now and then trace it back. What emotion could be causing me to respond in this way? What emotion could be causing me to show up in this way? Right. And then work with it from there. So when you sense, when you can kind of conjure up the emotion, either with your mind or um, if you're sensing something in your body, some discomfort in your body, describe that vibration in great detail to yourself. So identify where it is in your body. Where is it located? Where do you feel it? Might be everywhere. Um, shame can show up everywhere, right? Like when I feel shame, I feel it from my fingertips to all the way to my torso and down my legs and my ears. It's everywhere. Um, Sadness for me, it shows up more in my chest. Um, anxiety can show up more in my belly. Um, Self-doubt that can show up. I think it's kind of around here, but I notice what happens to my body as I kind of slunch. So just really noticing um, what's, what the vibration is doing in your body. What's the consistency? Is it fast or is it slow? Does it have a color? Does it have a temperature? 
right? Just get as descriptive as possible, as if you were describing it to a Martian who doesn't even know what an emotion is. If you say, I feel angry, they're like, I don't, what's angry? I don't know what that is. And so you describe it as if it's completely foreign to them. The second step is to become the witness and the observer. This is what we do with our clients, right? We hold space. We create some distance between their process and what we're noticing. So same thing with emotions, create distance between the emotion and you. You are not the emotion. You are experiencing the emotion. So you might try to name it without identifying with it. You can try like, here is fear. This is fear. Fear is visiting. I am experiencing fear and not I am afraid. Not I am sad. Right? So creating some distance, becoming the witness, becoming the observer. The third step is to accept it. and lean in. So I like to think of, you know, when I have emotions come to visit, um, and that's actually just what they're doing. It's like they're coming to my house, they're knocking on the door, they're wanting some time with me, and I can either say, no, thank you, <laughs> and slam the door in their face, or I can say, yeah, sure, come on in, right? <laughs> so this takes some consciousness and it takes a desire to want to do it because our natural tendency is to slam that door shut and go, mm -mm, I don't have time for this right now. I ain't got time for that. <laughs> I love that YouTube video. <laughs> um, so, so welcoming that emotion to come in, but like having some boundaries with it. Right. So let's say like anger comes knocking at my door. Right. And I'm like, Ooh, okay, here's, here's anger. Okay. You can come here, come, come on inside. You can have a seat on the couch. You cannot go into the kitchen. You cannot raid my cabinets. You cannot like just throw things all over the house. You're going to come and you're going to sit on this couch and then set a timer and sit with it. If you were going to visit someone's house, how would you want someone to connect with you? How would you want them to help you feel seen and heard. We can do that with our emotions. So like I might have it sit on the couch, bring over some tea, set a timer for five minutes. We're gonna, I'm gonna give you my full undivided attention. Maybe take a walk with it, go for a drive, but I'm not gonna let it drive, right? I'm not gonna let it get in that driver's seat can be that emotion can be in the passenger seat. So you can, if an emotion comes to visit you for the day, as you're working on your business, bring it with you. Just put it in the passenger seat, right? I'm going to do the driving. I see that you're here. I acknowledge you. I understand you. And here's where we're going to operate from. Not going to operate from fear. We're not going to operate from anxiety. And if we feel like we can't do that, then maybe it's time to take a break, right? 
and take some time to process that. Sometimes it just takes 90 seconds, really, to be with an emotion, right? To really fully, ex you know, let that vibration move through you. Sometimes those 90 seconds can come in waves, right? So you, you may have an emotion that's with you all day. I know people who have, um, who deal with chronic anxiety, they wake up with it and it's, it's with them all day. And we can function with emotions like that, right? Because we can just stay conscious of what's happening in our body and stay present in our body, even though the anxiety is here. And that might mean just making it mean that like, oh, anxiety is here, I'm human. Anxiety is here and I'm okay. Anxiety is here and I can do this. Um, I've talked about my anxiety. See, I don't want to do that. I'm going to say my anxiety. I've talked about my experience with anxiety, um, you know, a few times, but I, when I started doing workshops and public speaking and things like that, I just decided to accept that my body was going to shake that because I, I, that's what terrified me the most. I was like, I'm shaking. I can't do this. I can't do this. I don't want to do this right? Everybody's going to see. And then I just decided I'm just going to accept that my body shakes when I get up in public speak or when I do workshops or when I do group biofield tuning sessions. That doesn't happen so much anymore, but it used to. And that was really for me the key to being able to move on, move through it and, um, you know, grow my practice and do what I've always wanted to do. Just like, we're just going to shake. <laughs> I don't think anybody ever really noticed though, maybe a little bit, right? I think it's just a matter of us making it okay. Us making those uncomfortable emotions and whatever they're doing in our bodies, okay and acceptable. And it, they don't mean that we're broken. We're going to look at an unintentional model of how a feeling and vibration like insecure can fuel action that maybe we're not wanting so much in our business and what the thought is that's creating that. So um, just a little review of the model. C stands for circumstance. These are the facts. These are the things that um, are happening usually outside of us. They're, they're either beyond our control or they're just very objective and neutral. There's no judgment at all. So a circumstance could be, I am a certified practitioner in whatever modality, biofield tuning, Reiki, um, whatever it is, right? That can be proven because we could look at emails and the certificate that came through, like you, the records that you signed up for the class, you went through it, proven in a court of law, certified practitioner. Then maybe the thought, like I'm not good enough yet, or I need more practice or whatever kind of version that is, right? And we know that's a thought because we can't prove that to be true or like other, you know, other people might have a different opinion, right? 
I'm sure many of your clients have a very different opinion. She is so good at what she does. She is so skilled, right? Okay, then when we're having thoughts like this, it can, especially if you notice that they're running, you know, a lot, we can just do models, be like, okay, how do I feel when I think this thought? So one possible emotion that comes up is insecure. When I think I'm not good enough yet, I feel insecure. So that's how we can access those maybe more subtle um, emotions, right? Is just kind of going to the thoughts first. When I think this, how does that make me feel and be with it? And then to notice too, like maybe when you go through this exercise, what do I normally do with this emotion, right? And that's where the, the actions come in. Usually we can look at the actions. Well, what do I do when I'm not feeling secure? I don't post on social media or whatever it might look like for you. Um, I talk down to myself. Maybe I second guess myself. I just spin in my head, right? So that can be kind of like that talking down and that um, spinning in your head. That can be more of that reacting to an emotion. You're just like knee jerk, right? This is what I go to. Um, and then maybe um, some of us might compare and despair when we're feeling insecure. So that's like maybe looking at other people's social media or like other people's accolades or accomplishments and being See, I'm not good enough. I'm not like this person. So we come to the result. So I think I was explaining the model and then I just went into this. So see, facts, neutral, usually outside of us. Thoughts, these are the sentences. Like, And we want to pick one sentence. So the sentences in our head, in our brains, the feeling line, this is a one word emotion, just to keep it simple, one word emotion. And then the actions are a list of the things that we do or don't do that are driven by the feeling. So this isn't like how we want to respond to the feeling. This is usually like, what are my um, unconscious like behavior patterns here? And then the R is our result line. So what is the result of the actions? What is the effect of the actions? I was like, what am I creating? So when I think I'm not good enough yet, I feel insecure. And when I feel insecure, I don't post on social. I talk down to myself. I second guess. I compare and despair. And what that creates is more evidence. I, cr I create more evidence for how I'm not good enough. And I don't give myself the opportunity to improve, right?
So this is an unintentional model, but I'm, I'm also going to call it an ownership model too. Like I'm, I'm owning that, like I am creating this. This is all in my control. It can happen unconsciously and it can happen unintentionally, but ultimately it's a choice, right? I can choose to think I'm not good enough yet and create more of that. Or I can choose to think something different. But oftentimes it's, it's understanding the full model. What am I creating and why? Like, where is this coming from? Sometimes it's, you know, we're trying to protect ourselves. We're trying to stay within that motivational triad of like, if I keep telling myself I'm not good enough yet, then I don't have to put myself out there. Then I don't have to risk rejection. Then I don't have to risk isolation, right? When we, when we understand it more, we're like, ah, oh, okay, I can see it now. But I do really want to risk that because I do want to reach this goal. I do want to have this practice. I do want to help people. I want to reach them. I want to show them what they're capable of. And so that process is part of that process is that fear, risk, all that, right? Okay, so let's come back to what are emotions. We think about it in terms of this, right? If we shifted this into uh, an emotion that would drive the action that we wanted, emotions are currency, they're energy their fuel to drive the actions that are going to create the results that we want in our business. And you are the source of that energy for your business. What? It's as simple as that. Not easy all the time, but as simple as that. You are the source of the energy that's going to fuel your business because you can create any emotion that you want by choosing to think a thought that you want that's going to create that emotion. Okay, let's take a look at um, some emotions that, well, I'm just going to write a couple down. Um, the emotions that I love in my business that fuel my action and create my results are curiosity, and commitment. One of these is really fun <laughs> and the other one is not. <laughs> and I choose that on purpose. I choose the not, not fun one on purpose, but let me just talk about curiosity first. So curiosity, I feel like is just like, it's the anecdote to fear, to anxiety, to worry, to confusion to insecurity, it, it's it to lack, it's just, it's the secret sauce. Choosing to feel curious instead of those things, it just opens up doors and it opens up your inner resourcefulness, right? When I'm feeling curious, I start to ask myself more questions. I start to go, oh, what if I asked my business a question as if it was a person? I wonder what it would say. 
right? When I'm feeling like lack and insecure and fear and anxiety, like it's all shut down. I'm just like, no, no, no. Commitment. I say it, I, I choose it, <laughs> but they don't love it because usually commitment means constraint for me, right? It means I have to say no to things that I don't always want to say no to. Like if I commit to putting something on my calendar and someone asks me out for tea and I have that thing on my calendar, I'm going to say no because I'm committed to getting that thing done. And that doesn't always feel good. It always, it sometimes feels like, um, <laughs> but when I'm feeling committed, I am more in integrity with myself, which is why I choose it. And like, I might be saying no to this thing and I can say yes to that later. But when I say yes to me and yes to my business, that's where I feel like I have a lot of power. And I, I have that power to, um, you know, keep those commitments and attain any goal that I want to, right? So this comfort is the currency of our dreams. I don't know who said that, but I love that quote. Growth doesn't always feel good and healing isn't always pretty. So what makes growing a practice any different? Right? When you grow, you step into the next best version of yourself and discomfort is a requirement of that. Um, and if I'm the first person saying this to you, I'm sorry that I have to break it to you. <laughs> There's a difference between those who are successful with accomplishing their business goals and those who aren't. And it's not necessarily luck or strategy. It's they're used to feeling into courage, commitment, vulnerability. They're willing to feel uncomfortable. When you begin to feel those on a regular basis, you know you're heading toward your goal. Um, okay, with the time that we have left, um, we're gonna create an intentional model with which one? Let's do commitment. Why not? Because this is a hard one for so many. So let's just do an example of what, if we wanted to feel commitment, and that was the fuel to grow our practice, like what would that look like? So I'm going to put in the circumstance line. Actually, I'm going to keep it the same. So I... We're gonna keep the circumstance the same. I am a certified practitioner. And we wanna change, transmute that insecure, insecurity feeling to commitment. So we're gonna put that in the F line. And let's just say, um, I'm going to come back to the T. I'm going to do the T last. So we're kind of, we're going to come back to that, um, which you can do with the model. You can start on any line you want to. If you want to create a certain result, you could start at the R line. If you want to do like, I want to be showing up differently. You could start in the A line. We're going to start in the F line. So what would we do from commitment? Block off time and follow through, I'll put that. Um, so those are the actions, right? So let's just say, okay, if we're feeling commitment, we're blocking off time, we're following through, sending weekly 
newsletters, prioritizing, spending focused time on business, creating content, put it out there. What is the result of that? I'll get more clients, right? Like, because you're getting, you're, you're putting the juice out there. You're putting the energy out there. So get more clients. I mean, and really in simple, a simple term is like a successful, I have a successful practice. My practice is successful, right? So um, I'm going to add that here too. I'm doing it, right? I'm making it happen. Actually, that's the thought that I had for commitment. I'm going to make this happen or I am making this happen. This, so I I went from I will make it happen to I'm making it happen only because it just felt more powerful to me. It felt more like that generated more commitment for me. Whereas like, I will make this happen. It was like, yeah, maybe, <laughs> right? I am making it happen. So when you think I'm making it happen, you practice believing that you generate that emotion of commitment. And when you feel commitment, you block off time, you follow through, you send your weekly newsletter, prioritize, spend focused time on business, create content, put it out there. You get The result is you get more clients, your practice is successful, you make it happen. Right? So you can put any feeling in the feeling line to fuel your business anything. You can put anything in the result line, anything that you want to create, put it in the result line and identify this is like, you know, there's the, um, uh, you know, affirmations and manifestation and those kinds of things. It's just, it's nothing without the vibration of what you want to attract. So you have to feel it. You have to generate it yourself. Don't just wait for emotions to happen to you because that's not even what happens. We create our emotions. We are such amazing, intelligent, fascinating beings. We are creators and you can create any emotion that you want to fuel your business. So go fuel it. I'm happy for you. Any questions? Yeah, Amanda. Um, I was just going to share, if it's okay, uh, a technique that I've used to help uh, create that vibration or feeling in my body is um, I have a, I go through and I describe the emotion with my five senses. So what does it look like, taste like, smell like, um, sound like? I say feel like all five senses. I go through and I list all five senses and just kind of go with like what comes to me for them. Um, and then, so then when I'm trying to, I then go through and think of those things, however I described it to create that emotion in my body. I love that. I love that. Cause it's one thing I didn't talk about. We talked about processing the uncomfortable emotion, but like that is so important here is to really feel it and process it in your body. What does commitment even feel like? Right. And if it feels 
awful. That's not a bad thing. I mean, sometimes it does feel awful, but sometimes it can feel really strong and centering, right? In in the moment, maybe it feels awful when you're like, ah. <laughs> I want to go have tea with you, but I committed to this. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks for sharing that, Amanda. I'm going to try that. Five senses. Yeah. Anybody else have anything? How you describe the discomfort or the uncomfortable emotion to get to know it, go through and describe the comfortable emotion. Thank you all for being here. I'm excited for you to move forward with us. Bye. Are you a sound and energy medicine practitioner who wants to grow your business, but don't know where to start? Maybe you're feeling confused, overwhelmed, Maybe you're feeling self-doubt. Well, I've got the perfect resource for you, and it's free. Head on over to JillianFaldmo.com to get the Harness Your Emotional Awareness to Grow Your Business Roadmap. It's a roadmap that's designed just for you to turn those emotions like confusion, fear, whatever it is that's stopping you from growing your business into emotions that will actually fuel the action to grow your business. You've got this. Head over to JillianFaldmo.com to claim it now. Thank you.